When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know rogue ricks used mortys to hide themselves from the citadel but you might Whoa. not know it worked so well that the citadel became its own morty market what? and he's attached to us Whoa. infinitely through his weakness and our forgiveness this, this music Whoa! the killing floor it's like Whoa. the matrix oh my what? god Ooh, this is i i don't i feel very weird Welcome back to New Rockstars. The Rick and Morty season five finale answers all our big questions about Evil Morty's long game plan, Rick's true backstory, and the dark truth behind the nature of Rick and Morty's relationship, leaving online theorists nothing left to talk about, really. What the What the f Come on, Chef Loveness. You're an amazing writer, but you don't have to clip all the branches of possibility for us. <laughs> He's like, I'm leaving. This is my last episode. He's like, I'm, I'm out. burning it all down. <laughs> Man, he crushed it. This is an incredible finale. Uh, yeah. I just, I loved everything that was here. This is Rick Splained, by the way. This is our Rick and Morty after show where we're going to condense everything we just learned for you dum-dums. I'm just kidding. We had to re-watch a few scenes ourselves because uh, did we get any of that? No. We're going to speculate on where this could possibly go next. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown of all the details you missed in this two-part finale is coming tomorrow, but here I am reacting to this finale with Tommy Bechtel. Hey, hey Tommy. oh my God. I uh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> Is it because you've lost your beard? That beard was your layer of protection. And now... That beard was my power. That beard would have absorbed all of the truth that we took in from these episodes. <laughs> and now it's that I'm left here barefaced and bare-souled. Yeah. To take in agree. what we've learned. <laughs> so we're going to explain what the central finite curve really is and how this episode recontextualized the initial Citadel of Rick's episode in season one, as well as the return of Evil Morty in season three. And we're going to look at whether this series will now follow Evil Morty through the yellow portals and really what that portal will lead to. Uh, mm. Before we get to that, one of the best ways you can support us here at New Rockstars is to check out our merch at newrockstarsmerch.com. We got some awesome brand new designs for Shang-Chi as well as merch inspired by What If, like what I'm wearing, Suicide Squad, Spider-Man No Way Home, and more. Oh yeah, Tommy, I see you got your King Shark shirt. I love yeah. that shirt. Um, so you can get all this stuff at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Uh, so right now, Tommy and I are gonna basically do an explanation of the ending, and he and I are gonna tag team it, because there's just been, there's so much implication that came mm. from this. So uh, after Rick tries to replace Morty with two crows, and uh, kind of becomes Samurai Jack figure, Morty <laughs> yeah. tries to lure him back with uh, an aging serum. Uh, so they need to go back to the Citadel to fix it. And I believe this is uh, Rick's first time back to the Citadel, because in season three, episode seven, he and Morty didn't actually go there. They were at the uh, Rick Lantis mix-up, probably hanging out with Mr. Nimbus, but there was a whole other world that was happening with the Citadel of Rick's where Evil Morty took it over. So this is Rick's first time setting foot back in there, and now Evil Morty's plan can be set into motion because, yes, we see Evil Morty. We know this is the same one back from that season one, episode nine episode, as the Stan Lee Rick told us to rewatch this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so that was, good. I love that. Oh, my God. 
And just to clear up any confusion, season one, episode nine is the close Rick counters episode when you don't count the pilot episode. So I know that the numbering system might be a little weird there. Um, and yes, that was the same Morty who charmed his way into being the president of the Citadel. And we now learn that his goal was to steal Rick C-137's knowledge of the central finite curve. So essentially, since Morty's help Rick's stay hidden from each other, they have the inverse brain waves that cancel each other out. Uh, rather than waiting for naturally born Mortys to occur across the multiverse, Rick's created the system where they began interfering with events to force alternate reality Beths and Jerry's to fall in love in cases where they might not have fell in love. And then they began straight up cloning those Mortys, farming them Matrix style to pair them with random Ricks to meet the demand. And these realities were assembled in uh, a curve of toxic pairings between these slave Mortys and Ricks from realities where they were the smartest person in that reality. So mm. Evil Morty's plan is to to destroy that curve, kill all the Ricks and Mortys in the Citadel, and escape to a new reality where Rick's backstory never came to be. But Tommy, we also learned what that backstory was. We got some firm answers on that. So what was that backstory? The backstory from season three, episode one, was confirmed, finally. Rick, as a young scientist, was visited by random asshole Rick, whom he turned down, and that Rick killed both Beth and Diane with a bomb, which Rick <laughs> addresses in this episode very callously. Yeah. Rick uh, invented his own portal gun to find the killer. He scoured the multiverse, succeeded at hunting dozens of alternative Ricks who were loosely associated in the Rick gang, but never found his target, and thus he became the toxic asshole we've come to know. I want to say love, but I think it's just because it's a cartoon that we know is not real. If he was a real person, we'd be terrified. Uh, he befriends <laughs> Bird Person, who turned on him at the Battle of Blood Ridge. Uh, as we saw a few episodes ago. And as other Ricks try to murder him, he kills them all. But he eventually forms a truce with them to build the Citadel, which then he helped them assemble the central finite curve. And Tommy, you bring up a good point that if Rick existed in real life, he'd be terrifying, which I think we all saw from the Christopher Lloyd shorts that happened over yes. the weekend. Like yeah. these promos, it, like I, it's so funny because Rick is based on Doc from, Bar uh, from Back right. to the Future. So for Christopher Lloyd to come back and just commit so hard to this, that yes. would be terrifying if we knew that guy. Yeah, absolutely. So Evil Morty explains this episode that the central finite curve is a wall between all universes in the multiverse and the universes in which Rick is the smartest person alive. So until now, every green portal that we've seen in the show has only led to a universe where Rick was the smartest person in that universe. That's kind of been Rick's secret hack this whole series. But Evil Morty's plan is to erase that curve and escape all of that into a new universe where Rick isn't a genius inventor that he is. And that's why Evil Morty's portal glows yellow now. So he needed Rick C-137's memory because C-137 Rick saw that full curve being assembled and only C-137 knows the full distinction between his network and universes where he's not the alpha genius. Technically, Evil Morty could have done all of this just by scanning and killing literally every other Rick and just applying the process of elimination, but this way is faster. But one of my favorite details from this episode is that is what Evil Morty was doing all this time. For all he knew, C-137 Rick was never going to come back to the Citadel, so his plan was to just go Rick, 
by Rick and scan this information and just eliminate them. That's why yeah. we saw like very few Ricks comparatively walking around the background Citadel this time because Evil Morty was working his way down the line, just assembling this curve pod by pod, uh, <laughs> just one step at a time. And then he's like, oh, C-137's back. Great. Okay, we can jump right to the end step of my plan. I think that is so devious and yes. insidious and amazing. So Evil Morty uses the Citadel's minds of portal fluid to create a rift in reality that's separate from the central finite curve. And he hacked every Rick's portal gun so that they would be killed if they ever tried to leave during this mm -hmm. moment. And in order to ensure a clean slate, he also stayed a step ahead of their Operation Phoenix plan so that any mm -hmm. Rick and Morty who tried to respawn would be immediately grounded up. Mm -hmm. And then he seemed like he used their blood to erase those central finite curve realities that they specifically were linked to as a way to kind of like undo it. So he, he used that as a contingency. It is brilliant to think about everything that he did. I know. It's brilliant, but it's just so crazy. Yeah. So we can assume from this that if Rick C-137 is the Rickiest Rick, the Rickiest Rick, is the Rickest Rick, then Morty we've been following is the Mortiest Morty. Yeah. Because he was a naturally occurring Morty, one in the wild. Beautiful to see them out of captivity. Uh, uh -huh. The one that several other Mortys have been, in fact, cloned from. Yeah, I, it all happened so fast, but like... That Morty was born naturally. There might have been other naturally occurring Mortys, right? We saw different meat cutes between Beth and Jerry, but like that was one where Morty was sleeping. It was implied that Rick got the blood from in order to just make this farm. So right. this Morty is not a clone. Who knows how many naturally occurring Mortys there are left? Mm -hmm. I assume Evil Morty is one of those to have been around for so long. I, mm -hmm. I just assume there is something more particular and special, but that's a good point that yeah. this does make our Morty probably in the running for the Mortius Morty. But to be clear, I think it's an important distinction. When Rick C-137 began his journey, there was no Citadel yet. There was no Central Finite Curve yet. There was only just that loose gang of Ricks. And you know they were part of that gang. They had that R symbol, which it's interesting to think about. Our Rick later co-opted when he built the Citadel. That was the original Citadel logo. Right. He stole it from this yeah. kind of ragtag gang of Ricks who were, you know, doing, they were hanging out in a bar. They had like a clubhouse, you know. Yeah. And they had like uh, the connection of Ricks that were connected via yarn. That was what that one Rick was building to try to connect with them. But that Rick was never found. And so Rick just kind of stood on his shoulders to build like a network of Ricks. But mm. we never really know what happened to that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but uh, it was our Rick who built the Citadel, who launched the M Morty farming scheme to assemble yes. the central finite curve that I think we could say eventually led to Evil Morty's rise because those were the conditions that created Evil Morty and turned him into the, the bastard that he is. So right. I think the question we should now ask Tommy is what did happen to that asshole Rick who killed Diane and Beth because he was never oh, found? Yeah. Was that guy just, you know, something that they'll never address, some inevitable product of an expanding Rick multiverse? Um, is this some other villain that we're now going to be chasing on the series? Or could he actually be some nobody? And that bomb, I'm going to reach here, could that bomb have been dropped by Evil Morty in order to send Rick down this long, long road to eventually crack the code of living in a multiverse based not on Rick's, but now we have a multiverse based on Evil Morty. He is the alpha genius of the series now. He now seems like the Nexus being. We might now have yellow portals on this show. What do you think, Tommy? I don't know. That's crazy to think about. I, uh, I, I mean, I guess it's it's all one of those things of like, 
it just depends on where the show is going from here. But I, I, I do hope. I love the idea that it was Evil Morty that just sent a random Rick. That would be so Rick and Morty, right? To just have it not be a special Rick. Like, it was just like uh-huh. a random Rick that was sent by another thing. Just undercut your expectations every way. Uh, but I also would be curious if this was some sort of, like, enlightened, hyper-enlightened Rick that, like, figured out that, like, Rick's were inevitably going to lead to the demise of the universe or Rick's mm. were only going to lead to suffering. So he just, you know, went around and, and killed and whatever and ruined their lives. But, uh, yeah, I've just yeah. seen that bomb was meant for Rick, not for, yeah, ben of course. Yes. That was, I think my assumption from season three, episode one, that he was just like, which is yeah, so funny screwed. because and not funny, funny, funny. So, so I guess, uh, interesting because in, in the movie tropes and TV tropes we have when a bomb accidentally kills the wrong target that usually leads the person who was the target to go on a righteous path of revenge but rick's path of revenge is always self-serving it's not like uh-huh. he's actually mourning the loss of those two people really right just right, right. Like, he just wants to figure out what, how someone got one over on him yes i think that i think you're exactly right uh i i mean i think ultimately there's there's like three general paths ahead of us of uh what comes next from Rick's journey when it comes to him trying to get over Diane. Actually, four. One is that it never comes up again. Because I think the writers were just like, good, now we never have to talk about it again, you know? Uh, So that's one possibility. Second possibility is that uh, that Rick, that Rick who killed him, is going to be kind of a white rabbit for our Rick, you know? And that maybe he is kind of, it does present like, a dastardly alternate Rick who did have his own version of the Citadel somewhere in the multiverse that Evil Morty didn't know about. Because mm. we did see him in the early stages of trying to connect everyone, you know, with that yarn graph. And it seemed like that Rick was, uh, it was almost like a Highlander thing. Like, he was so genius, you know? It was yeah. like his one guy that he could never find. He right. might still be out there, and he might have had his own alternate Citadel that is crazier or just, like, you know, more specific or creating contingencies to prevent the rise of an evil Morty. Who knows? Uh, Third option is that it could have been evil Morty. I think that is a reach option though. Cause it Mm. just seems like a lot of extra steps for evil Morty to create all the suffering for himself and all of his alternate Mortys just to, I I feel like there'd be an easier way for him to take over that didn't require (laughs) it. Or the fourth one is kind of like, we're going to find at some point that one of the Ricks that Rick killed or has seen over the years was that alternate Rick mm. and, or maybe even someone like doofus Rick or something like that. Yeah. And our Rick has met that guy and just has never bothered to scan him to see, you know, mm. and that's kind of like the most, uh, nihilistic answer. I think sure. that like Rick has now given up his search for the person who killed his wife and daughter originally. Mm. And he's run into like infinite numbers of Ricks and he just never really thought to, to, check to see if this could be the guy and that we might have already met this killer and it just doesn't matter anymore well that'd be a very rick and morty way (laughs) to handle it (laughs) yeah um so we there's so much more from this episode we want to discuss real quick just to thank some people who sponsored us this show is sponsored by better help so is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals we've all been there at some point better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist start communicating in under 48 hours 
Uh, BetterHelp is not a crisis line or self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available for clients worldwide. Just log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room or look for parking. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash RickSplained. That's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Rickexplained audience: get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com/Rickexplained. We also want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. You don't want to sleep on a mattress designed for someone else, even if that other person is the darkest timeline version of yourself. They probably like a super firm mattress and always sleep on the side of their body without the eye patch. Helix Sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I have a Helix mattress, and I love it. The quiz matched me with a medium-firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. That's right. I am sleeping like I'm living. Cool. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a custom mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Rickexplained. All right, so back to the episode. Tommy, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Who do you think is the star of the show now? We have marooned Rick and Morty on the Mortyberg section of the Citadel that's now kind of like a life raft in a weird way. Mm -hmm. But And they showed how he has no portal fluid left. Or are we going to be following Evil Morty exploring his own omniverse where he can be king of it and rick in any of these universe is not the evil genius but is more of just like an average dummy i love this uh i think i hope we get a few episodes of evil morty and exploring this new world and we get to see characters that we love in different iterations you know like different multiverse versions of them then I hope that we get a like Rohan will answer like reve- like here comes like the the cavalry of the uh, of our Rick and Morty from the previous five seasons coming in around episode three or four to defeat Evil Morty and restore things, which is all which is awful. The things they'd be restoring are not the you know like they're restoring like basically farming Mortys. <laughs> so. Yeah, right, right. It seems like they allow maybe one episode per season of canonicity, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, or maybe they'll do it right at the beginning of the season, and then somewhere towards the end of the season, they'll they'll do yeah. something. And I'm wondering if like season six will begin with uh, following. It'll the show will now be called Morty and Rick. Yeah. And then so Morty, evil Morty, will be taking the role of this like uh, this alpha genius, and then Rick will be kind of like a more timid dummy, uh, but like heart of gold version of himself Mm -hmm. uh and then something will switch to where we'll go back to the to the norm of the show because i I predict that (laughs) yeah it's with the amount of the episodes they have to work on there's no way each episode is going to completely change the rules loki style um but i do wonder if like we will check back in with this more evolved empathetic 
uh, Rick and Morty because I think the Crows part of this finale did show that like Rick did change. This mm -hmm. was, and I would argue, I don't buy the argument that Rick and Morty never change. I think every episode they do change. They are yeah. on an arc towards more empathy and, and guilt and shame and yeah. wanting to do what's right by each other. <laughs> Uh, and the by Crow's themselves. The was so weird. What a weird... Yeah, I know. It's like, this has to be this, leading to something. The Crow Scare. The Scare Crow. Scare. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and there's... I know we've skipped over a lot. This is just kind of our explanation after show of the big takeaways from it all. But, you know, the garbage goober. And, like, oh there's all these little things. He's a Harvard uh, grad. <laughs> reading the New England Journal of Medicine. Oh, yeah. so beautiful. Um... So, and, and let's not forget Mr. Poopy Butthole's, like, tag at the end. My God. I, 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 I had to stand up and take deep breaths after that. I really did. Like, I had to think, like, oh, my God. I have to I, I, I have to spend this Labor Day at least a little bit with my fiance. Like, I can't get sucked into work. Like, that's, yeah. it's, it felt like a message to me, like, step away from well, work. Well, it's or, probably really like a, uh, a test, depending on yeah. if you saw that... Uh, However, you absorbed that that coda to that episode is like what what your real needs are. Like I saw right. it and I was like, I gotta connect with my family a little more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I um I I think ultimately the show is not. We keep thinking that every season where we have like the big evil Morty episode, we think the whole show's different. And then like we have a couple episodes where it's just like the fun, you know, mm -hmm. Rick and Morty. A simple sci-fi idea, blown up, blown up, blown up. And then absolutely there are moments of catharsis and empathy by the characters because I think that is there every episode. And then we can look forward to something at the end of the season. And I do think Alpha Evil Morty is going to exist at some point. We're going to see what happens to him. And I think really, so the the if you think about this writer's room, they're going by that uh, story circle right i think they have a story circle of evil morty throughout the series mm -hmm. right and they have some, what they got greenlit for 70 episodes a couple years ago i think yeah. they have an end game in mind for where he's going and i think he is at the um the find part of the circle the six o'clock region where mm. he gets what he wanted you know right what he but not necessarily what he needs Right. So I think we're going to see the second half, the the harder part of his journey, where he has to pay a price for getting what he thought he wanted, and then yeah. we're going to see his change over the result. So I'm very excited to see the second half of his curve. Uh, Tommy, I want to ask you: uh, Assuming Rick eventually settled on a reality where Beth survived, that was part of his backstory. In yeah. those particular realities, what happened to the Dianes? Did the bomb only hit Diane? Did she die from something else? <laughs> I think that's still an unanswered question. Well. You know, not to cross over brands here, but uh, if they do a little what if, uh, <laughs> perhaps Diane is destined to die no matter what, even if he, uh, oh, that's maybe funny. Beth was, dark. maybe it would be a very Rick and Morty thing if Beth was an insignificant death in that moment on the timeline and oh. Diane was the significant death. So even if he can go to a place where Beth survived, Diane always dies another way yeah. because that's what it takes to... Whatever. She's the absolute point, the Christine Palmer to the Doctor Strange, you know, yeah. like she she has to die. And that's what makes Rick Rick. I know it probably won't be that, but I I think that given the way Rick Sanchez's character is, she's dead, no matter what. I don't think she's ever coming back. I don't think I don't think there's ever going to be a real 
version of like a real episode where he's dealing with the real Diane. Someone evil might figure out a way to have cloned Diane to trick him. I think that that's going to be the the show relies on so much actual emotion hidden behind cartoon characters and aliens and mutated beings. I think that the death of a spouse is one thing that they might actually consider sacred sounds like the wrong word. I think she's dead, long story short. I think she's dead in all universe. I think you're right, Tommy. Uh, and if she is not dead, I think it's not happy for Rick. I think like yeah. that visit from that asshole Rick was just like the tip of the iceberg. It was the yeah. taste. It was the first hit for Rick to right. meet another narcissist, you know, to, to right. awaken his inner narcissism that right. I think he was born with. So I think sure. even if she survived, uh, she would have left him. And I think that's one thing that is left to discover about Rick's backstory is that no matter what, it never ends with him and Diane happy together. Absolutely. I wanted to ask, I think this might be obvious, but do you think Rick's affinity for crows is connected to his bird person enduring love? <laughs> I mean... Short answer, yes, probably. I also think that he just loved the crows because they listened to him without yeah. and they couldn't they couldn't talk back. Sure. They couldn't question anything he did. And in the end, they proved to be supremely loyal to him. Even For after sure. they evolved into sentient speaking crows, they still they still did the 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 string trick with him. Yeah. So, like, yeah, crazy they just ended trick. up being the perfect partners for him. Uh, from the promise of uh, crow quaaludes, right? <laughs> Bird quaaludes. Yeah, right, right. You got it, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love I, that they turned right before they did it. They turned and said, "Oh, it was so perfect." That that might have been the hardest laugh for me of that episode yeah. for sure. Yeah, I I just see some bird person connection to this because remember back in that uh, bird person Eternal Sunshine episode, there uh, he kept some of Phoenix person's wings uh -huh. and. Like, that was just, he put that in a separate pile, and then it shows back up in this episode. The shield that he uses is tech yeah. that he harvested yeah. from Phoenix Person. I love that they brought that back. It might have been one of yeah. my favorite details in the first half of the episode. And uh, so I think this is largely, I know it was randomized on the wheel, right? right? But I think the fact that he stuck with it, and I think there was, like, a bit of joy, the fact that it landed on the crows. The fact that yes. crows were an option at all. I think it was, he goes to this avian planet. I think that is connected to his love of, of bird person. How I'll never yeah. let bird person go. Well, Tommy, do you think, final question, is Jerry still a puddle? The most important question of all. <laughs> I, I hope so. Because when you talk about final forms, puddle yeah. Jerry is perfect for Jerry. He can be <laughs> stepped on. He's an inconvenience. That's There's right. like multiple satisfying ways to get rid of him. He's mopey like a puddle. He's a part. He's a wet blanket. He can literally right. become a wet blanket now. <laughs> yeah. I think Puddle Jerry is the final form of a my one of my favorite characters in any cartoon. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I like. I I know the show isn't so strictly canon that we'll probably see Jerry revert to human form. But if we could yes. just get to see what happened next from uh, Puddle Jerry. Uh, yes. Or if like we just revisit him a few times with him just being a puddle the way that we followed Rick as Pickle Rick for a whole episode. Right. I want to see the Puddle Jerry episode. You know? I, I could imagine there being a comment in like episode two of season six where they're at the table and everybody like there's a real crisis 
And then Jerry brings up, well, I was a puddle for six <laughs> months or something like that. And, and right. everyone just goes like, not now, Jerry, or something like that. That'll be the, you know. Yeah. I want to see, like, uh, Jerry get evaporated. And it just becomes, like, a, a, a lesson Magic School Bus style on the water cycle. But, yes. like, he, he gets dumped as acid <laughs> yes. rain. You know, as so we saw yes, Acid Rain in yes, a Planetina episode. That, I, never mind. That's what I want. <laughs> and like, yeah, and we just see like this is what's happening with our climate. Water gets evaporated and it doesn't always return back as precipitation, you know? No. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, uh, that completes this season of Rick Explained. Again, my Easter egg uh, breakdown of the final two episodes. It is coming tomorrow. It's Labor Day for us right now, but for some reason, I stupidly chose to work today. So just go easy on me today. Don't tweet at me. <laughs> and I gladly today. chose to work today. <laughs> yeah. But I know a lot of you uh, only seem to care about the Easter eggs and the animation details. I just know that from our view numbers. But for those of you true believers who have joined Tommy and me for this season mm-hmm. on Rick Explained to react and to theorize and to joke around about these episodes, honestly, that's been the more fun part about this process for me. Tommy, just being able to join you for all of this, that's what I look forward to every week. Uh, right being able to spend you, Monday mornings my- with you. I... I pray to God the boys underground comes back and we can do that. <laughs> uh, hopefully soon. And uh, and Tommy, it's just great to be able to join you on your rock stars for something that isn't doing weird fitness challenge. Yes, uh, absolutely. Counter, I, enjoy the, I enjoy the lack of planks on this show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit easier for sure. Uh, yeah. So be sure to follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow new rock stars. Subscribe to Rick Explained wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching, and we'll close with our favorite moment from the episode. Mmm, trash. I love trash. Yum, yum, trash. I want to eat trash. (laughs) 